This is 89.1 WEMU, and a lot of folks are spending time outdoors and camping as we begin to wind down the summer of 2023. In fact, the number of people camping has exploded since the onset of the pandemic, and it turns out it may be harming their health. I'm David Fair, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of Issues of the Environment. Most all tents are sold and used for, that are used for our excursions outside are coated with flame-retardant chemicals that are known to cause cancer. An Ann Arbor Democrat is looking to change that. Jeff Irwin has pushed through a measure in the Michigan Senate that would allow for the sale of tents absent those coatings. And it's always good to talk with you, Senator Irwin. Always good to talk with you as well, David. Back in 1974, the Michigan Fire Code was updated, and at that time it included the mandate that all tents sold in the state be coated with these flame-retardant chemicals. Now, I don't think we knew back then the environmental and public health hazards of doing so, but we've certainly learned since, and we've known for quite a while. Why do you think it's taken so long to start to seriously address this? Well, another big thing has changed since the 70s when this law was written, and that is the way that these tents are made. At that time, uh, many recreational camping tents uh, were made out of uh, canvas and, and, and that sort of material. Nowadays, uh, look, I'm a big camper. I love camping, and we love camping in tents in my family. If you go out nowadays and, and you get in a tent that's a modern tent, they're made out of different materials. And um, you know, what was pointed out to me a couple years ago was that if you test these new materials, uh, and flame situations and fire situations, they actually perform just as well without the flame-retardant chemicals on them as, you know, as they do with the flame-retardant chemicals. And so, uh, you know, when I learned that, I thought, okay, here's an opportunity to get one more unnecessary toxic chemical out of our environment. So your Senate bill did earn unanimous approval in the state Senate. That doesn't happen with a great deal of frequency. Were you surprised by the outcome of the vote? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it was somewhat surprising because it's always surprising to get unanimity in the Michigan legislature. But I wasn't super surprised because, as I mentioned a second ago, this legislation is a relatively easy one. And it's right at the nexus of smarter environmental practices and less regulation. Here we had a situation where regulations were made that are now outdated. They don't serve the purpose of protecting people from fire. And yet they still do require the application of these chemicals that... Uh, studies have shown uh, when when you buy these tents when they're brand new, there's a little bit of these chemicals that are off-gassing. And with all the different ways that we're engaging with toxic chemicals in our consumer products, uh, getting rid of as many of them as we can uh, makes sense. And this was just an easy one. So as it stands now, Michigan is just one of seven states in the country that still has that fire retardant mandate for tents in place. Who has introduced a companion bill in the state house, and do you expect that that chamber will pass it as well? Uh, we had a hearing in the House, and I am hopeful that the House will pass my bill. Uh, like I said, I think it's a relatively easy one. We had a good hearing, and I'm hopeful that the committee chair will schedule that bill for a vote this fall and that we'll be able to get it on the governor's desk. This is something that retailers support. It's something that the fire service supports. And, and let me just take a moment to point out that we're not talking about large assembly tents, these big tents that are put up for events and those kinds of things where lots of people gather. Uh, those are still going to have um, fire retardancy standards uh, as set by state law, and we're actually updating those as part of this process. 
Our issues of the Environment Conversation with State Senator Jeff Irwin of Ann Arbor continues on 89.1 WEMU. Now, uh, this measure is really just the tip of the iceberg. The polybrominated uh, diphenyl ethers or PBDEs are somewhat ubiquitous. We can find them in our home furnitures, clothes, and other products. And even when we find replacement chemicals and develop them, studies show they may not be any better for our health or environment when it comes to uh, public exposure. Are you planning to pursue more of those as well? Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, I have legislation already that I've introduced for many years that would ban PFAS and food packaging. Uh, I, I find it uh, unnecessary and somewhat alarming that we're using these products and food packaging in ways that PFAS gets into our food that's not necessary. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons that companies use these products and, and, and whatnot on burger wrappers or, you know, French fry bags or to-go containers to try to keep food from sticking to them. But, you know, I just think we need to identify all these different ways that we can get these unnecessary toxic chemicals out of our consumer products and therefore out of our bodies. We're also working on uh, polluter pay, you know, trying to up the ante and, and require better cleanups on polluted sites in our state. We as a society are addicted to chemicals. We are chemical dependent in a very real way. Do we have a path forward where that is less the case? I think we do, and I think that uh, there are some positive trends uh, and some alarming trends. I mean, I think the alarming trend is just that every year new products are coming out. Thousands of new chemicals are being invented. They're not being tested appropriately uh, on, on how they impact human health or how they interact with each other. And you know, I do think that that is um, you know, something that the government needs to take more action on. The good thing is that you do see more attentiveness on behalf of industry. Uh, you know, you see more sensitivity to the long-term damage that these chemicals can cause now than you know, maybe we had 20 years ago, 40 years ago. And so I'm hoping that uh, culturally, both in our corporations and, and individually, we start to improve our relationship with chemicals and toxic chemicals. Uh, but my piece of it, the piece that I'm really focused on, is that we, we need better government action. We need to have environmental cops on the beat, making sure that when environmental crimes are committed, people are held accountable, because that's how you control and, and prevent some of the worst uh, behaviors and some of the worst pollution that, that gets in people's water and that gets in uh, people's land and, and, and um, you know, causes real health problems here in the state of Michigan. Once again, this is 89.1 WEMU and our Issues of the Environment guest this week is State Senator Jeff Irwin from Ann Arbor. And you mentioned accountability and you earlier mentioned polluter pay. So many of these chemicals cause significant and expensive health issues as well as tarnishing the health of the environment. And it is the taxpayer responsibility in Michigan for most of the cleanups and remediation efforts. So when you talk new polluter pay legislation, what does that look like? The concepts that, that I've been working on very closely with Representative Morgan, uh, who also represents uh, Washtenaw County, we've been trying to put together uh, some improvements that fall in basically three categories. Uh, improvements to the uh, transparency of the process, making sure that the regulators get more information about what is found on these sites and what is going to be done and the progress along that path, and that that information gets shared with the public. The public has a right to know what's in our water and what's in our land. Another big piece of it is improving the quality of the cleanups, making sure that we have a higher standard of, of cleanliness for these sites when they're left behind and that we have more tools in place for accountability uh, when people engage in really you know, bad actions. Uh, the, the regulators need tools to step in sooner. 
uh, and, and take a decisive action to prevent bad actors. And then finally, we're talking about more resources for cleaning up sites. Uh, right now, we've got about 27,000 uh, contaminated sites in the state that we know of. About half of those are abandoned orphan sites where the responsible party has has left in one way or another. And uh, right now, as you pointed out, we rely on taxpayer money for uh, much of that, that work. I think that we need to get the industry that deals in uh, these chemicals and substances that are polluting our environment to be a part of paying for cleaning up these orphan sites through some sort of you know revenue tool. Uh, right now, the only thing we use to, to clean up uh, contaminated sites are the unreturned bottle deposit money. To many, the word regulation is just a really long four-letter word. There are some pretty well-funded corporate and lobby resistance to polluter pay measures, but with both chambers in the governor's mansion and Democratic control, it could very well pass. Now, the last time Michigan had polluter pay laws on the books was between 1990 and 1995. State Senator Lana of Van Arbor pushed that through back then, and they were among the strongest laws anywhere in the nation. But when Republican John Engler became governor, the laws were quickly dismantled. Even if this passes in this legislative session, new polluter pay legislation, won't it go away again whenever there's a change in political party leadership in the state? Well, I don't think so, because holding polluters accountable, protecting people's health, protecting our environment, not just for people today, but for future generations, are all incredibly popular. And they're incredibly popular, not just among Democrats, they're also incredibly popular among Republicans. But when you look at what voters actually think, when you're out there knocking on people's doors, people care about clean water. And so, you know, I, I think that if we improve these laws, we can protect them. I don't want to be naive about the, the point you made, which is that in Michigan, some of the most powerful, well-heeled forces don't want better pollution control laws. They don't want more accountability for polluters because that could affect them negatively financially. But... Uh, you know, we do have, uh, you know, a new Democratic majority, albeit a slim one, that makes all this possible. And also, I, you know, I think that we do have something else going for us, which is that there are a lot of companies out there who want to do the right thing and who want to protect the environment around them. And, and they don't want to have to compete against folks who are cutting corners to make a little bit of extra money. And so, you know, look, I think there are a lot of ways that we can improve this law in ways that will protect people, uh, protect people's health, but also get support from folks who are, are in the business, in business and industry who, who want to do the right thing and or want to make sure that everyone's held at the same standard. Senator Irwin, I thank you so much for the time and sharing the information, and I know you are on my schedule for early September to talk about renewable energy, so I look forward to that conversation. Great. I look forward to it as well. State Senator Jeff Irwin is an Ann Arbor Democrat. He's pushing to severely limit our exposure to potentially cancer-causing chemicals. If you'd like more information on today's topic, you can visit our website at your convenience. It's wemu.org. Issues of the Environment is produced in partnership with the Office of the Washtenaw County Water Resources Commissioner, and you hear it every Wednesday. I'm David Fair, and this is your community NPR station, 891 WEMU-FM, Ypsilanti.